of the hour. This man is a godly man. He really loves the Lord with all his heart. And every time he comes up here and shares the word, we, we always go away with something. And we just want to bless him as he comes. Let's just give him a hand. Josh O'Dell. Thank you. Thank you. As a lot of you know, when um, Pastor Hub goes away on vacation or his trips and stuff like that, he always asks someone to come up and speak. And I have the honor this time of speaking for him. Usually when I uh, do my sermons, I always try to go off of something off topic from what Hub's um, been talking about. But the past couple of sermons that he did was all about purpose in our lives and God and the purpose that he has for us. So it really struck a chord with me a couple weeks ago when he was talking about that. And I got, got to thinking to myself, you know, I asked myself, why am I here, God? I think a lot of us have been wondering, why has God given us life? And hopefully today through scriptures, I pray that with God's guidance, I'm able to shine some light on our purpose here on earth. We were all created for a purpose. None of us were created out of coincidence. God didn't just throw some things together and say, okay, let's see what we got. He created each one of us specifically for a purpose. Each one of us are different and have a different purpose on life. And hopefully throughout scripture today, I can help shine some light on that or at least give you ideas how to find your purpose. In Numbers 9.23, At the Lord's command they encamped, and at the Lord's command they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. When the Israelites were coming out of Egypt and going into the promised land, they went on God's authority and God's purpose. They didn't just say, okay, let's get up and get out of here. The Israelites traveled and camped as God guided them. When you follow God's guidance, you know you are where God wants you to be, whether you're moving or staying in one place. You are physically somewhere right now. And instead of praying, God, what do you want me to do next, looking towards the future, we're to ask, God, what do you want me to do right now while I'm here? Especially now in, in the times that we live in now, everybody's always looking for tomorrow's problems. What am I, I going to be doing five years down the road? What am I going to be doing, you know, ten years down the road? But God wants us to ask and pray to him, what do you want me to do now where I'm at? Whether it be at your job, some of us don't like our jobs and we want to get a better job, a newer job. Instead of saying, God, can you give me a new job? Ask him, God, why am I here? What do you want me to do in this place? Direction from God is not just for the next big move. He has a purpose in placing you where you are right now. Every one of us is in this church at this time for a purpose. 
It's not coincidence that some of us were driving by and saw the church and said, oh, hey, I, wanna, I need a church to go to. Let's go here. It's not a coincidence that some of our family come to this church and you're like, well, you know what? Let me go to church with them um, next week. It's not a coincidence. God has orchestrated that in each of our lives. Everything that we do in our lives is orchestrated by God. We are to begin to understand God's purpose for our lives by discovering what he wants us to do right now. In Deuteronomy 1, 1 through 5, it's paraphrased, the Lord our God said to us at Harab, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites, Canaanites, and to Lebanon, as far as the great river of the Euphrates. See, I have given you this land. If you actually look on the map from Harab to where God sent them in Lebanon, it actually would only take 11 days to travel there by foot. It took them 40 years. The Israelites spent 40 years on this journey. It wasn't the distance that stood between them and the promised land. It was the condition of their hearts. God's purpose went deeper than simply transporting a huge group of people to a new land. He was preparing them to worship him alone and to live in obedience to him once they arrived. The land that they were going to were a bunch of pagans and sinful nations and stuff like that. What good would it have been for them to go there if they were doing the exact same thing? What good would it have been for God to give them that land if they were doing the exact same thing that the people were, were living there. He was preparing them to worship him alone and to live in obedience to him once they arrived there. The journey was painful, but it was also a necessary part of their preparation. When we get into a new job, our boss doesn't just put us out on the floor and say, hey, this is your job, go do it. They give us training whether it be, you know, an easy job and they give us like a week's training or they send us to special school or something like that. The Israelites were in training. They were in training for when they got to the promised land that they could show the sinful pagans and stuff that were living there how to live, the true God, and how a relationship with that God could affect their lives and could guide their lives. He also taught them who they were as a people. They were fallen, they were sinful, and they were prone to rebellion and doubt. The whole time through their journey, they were questioning God. Why are we going here? Why is this so hard? Instead of following him and following his guidance and what he wanted. He, he gave his rebellious people the law to help them to understand how to relate to him and to other people. It's not easy going into a rebellious land and looking at them and saying, hey, this, what you're doing is wrong. They're going to look at you and be like, who are you? But if you have the law from God and you can show them the law from God, God says this is wrong and show them, it's a lot easier for them to understand. It's not just coming from you. You know, if we, if we are corrected by other people, we usually are like, what are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. But if they can show us through HR manuals or something like that, 
that we're doing something wrong, it's a lot easier for us to get it across that they're doing something wrong. Or for us ourselves to see that we're doing something wrong if somebody shows us in a book or in a manual, rather than just coming up and telling us we're doing wrong. Our spiritual pro, um, pilgrimage may be lengthy, and we may face pain, discouragement, and difficulties. But remember that God isn't just trying to keep us alive. He wants to prepare, prepare us to live a life knowing and loving him and sharing this life with others. When we read our Bible and we come to church and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure every one of us learns something new every day or else we wouldn't keep coming back. I mean, who's going to go into a class where they're not learning anything? We learn something. We're to, to take that knowledge and to pass it on to others that we meet, to our children especially, to friends, family, even coworkers. We're not just to take that in and be like, okay, now I know this. Now, now what do I do? We're to spread that word, to spread that knowledge that we got with others. Joshua 24, 24 through 26. And the people said to Joshua, We will serve the Lord our God and obey him. Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to their own inheritance. The covenant between Israel and God was that the people would worship and obey the Lord alone. Their purpose was to become a holy nation that would influence the rest of the world for God. That generation kept their word. However, the next generation that came completely disobeyed that, that obedience to God. Their purpose was to become a holy nation. The conquest of Canaan was a means to achieve this purpose. But after this generation, a new generation would stop following the Lord. Forgetting all the great things he did for their ancestors and worshiping false gods. The same can be said in our lives. The people of Joshua's generation promised to serve the Lord alone, but the very next generation forgot this and went back on the promise their parents had made. We must be vigilant in both we must be vigilant both in rooting out our own idols and sinful practices and in teaching others who come after us to follow God faithfully which means we're to be vigilant in finding our sins, confessing our sins and asking for forgiveness, but then also teaching our children and our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephews, the exact same thing. Spreading that word. When they do something wrong, ask for forgiveness. Teach them that God does love them no matter what they do and that he is always there for them. Because if we don't teach our children these things, Who's going to teach them? If we don't teach our grandchildren these things, who's going to teach them? They're going to learn from whoever is around them and associating with them. Therefore, if they're hanging around with a bunch of troublemakers and stuff like that, that's what they're going to learn. They're going to take that in. If they're hanging around with a bunch of kids and you know adults that are following the law, doing right, helping others, being respectful, that's what they're going to learn, and that's what they're going to pass on to their children, and that's going to keep the cycle going. But us as parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles, 
that's our duty as Christians that follow God is to make sure that our younger ones are learning this. We can't stand idly by and be like, well, that's not my kid. I'm not going to teach it. You know, that's not my part. But it is. We're to spread the word throughout the nations, whether it's family or friends or not, especially our own family. Ruth 2.20, the Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, the man is our close relative, he is one of our guardian redeemers. Though Ruth may have not always recognized God's guidance, he had been with her every step of the way. She went to glean and just happened to end up in the field owned by Boaz, who just happened to be a close relative. This was more than mere coincidence. As you go about your daily tasks, God is working in your life in ways you may not even notice putting people in, in your life, putting you in situations that are going to help strengthen you or help you along in life, help you get draw closer to him. We must not close the door of hope to what, to what God is presently doing in our lives, that we may not, that things that we may not be noticing. Our events in our life do not occur by luck or coincidence or even by happen chance. We are all in this church for a reason. We are all in the towns that we live in, the jobs that we live in, or have the friends and family that we have for a reason. You boys, you're at Manos for a reason. You can go through Manos and be like, oh, court appointed me here, I have to be here. Or you could take it as God wants me here. God wants me to learn something through this program. There's friend, you have friends or family that are probably going through the same things that you are out there that don't get the resources that you have here at Manos. Maybe your purpose is to take this stuff home and be able to show them, hey, this is how I changed my life. This is how I'm doing now. The same thing can happen for you. Believe me, I did it. I did four years upstate. I came home a completely different person than when I went into jail. And all because of God. You know, it was my circumstances that put me in jail. My circumstances of using drugs and doing crimes that put me in jail. However, I took that opportunity to allow God to guide me and to put me where I am now. So believe me, over there is not your last stop. You guys have so much more to life. You're still young. So much more that you can learn from others and pass on to others. Esther 4, 13 through 14. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance from the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your family, you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Who knows that where we are now in life we are not here for God's purpose. God ordained this time in our lives where we are to be used for him. After the decree to kill the Jews was given, 
Mordecai and Esther could have despaired, decided to save the, only themselves, or just waited for God's intervention. Instead, they saw that God had placed them in their position for a purpose. So they seized the moment and acted. When it is within our reach to save others, we must do so. In a life-threatening situation, don't withdraw, behave selfishly, wallow in despair, or wait for God to fix everything. God can fix everything in our lives. However, sometimes we have to put in the legwork. Instead, we're to ask God for his direction and then act. We do this through prayer. We do this through reading his word. If we pray and ask God for guidance and we read his word, a lot of times I've done it in the past where I prayed to God and I, opened, I just randomly opened the Bible and started reading and God showed me exactly what I need to do or he answered a question that I had. God may have placed you where you are just for, just for such a time as this. Boys and manos, take it as a, a saving grace from God. You know, you could be out there doing other things and being worse off, but he saved you and put you in manos to, to learn and to move on from where, where you were. The same thing I did. The same thing a lot of us in this church have done. Not all of us in this church are perfect. None of us are perfect. We've all had bad situations in our life. We've either been close to jail, close to death, in jail, or have had people die because of the same things. So don't think that you're alone. You're not. I am no, I'm up here speaking. I talk to God and I follow God, but I am no better than you are. John six thirty eight. Jesus said, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Even Jesus, being the Son of God, did not do everything on his own. Jesus did not work independently of God the Father, but in union with him. This should give us even more assurance of being welcomed into God's presence and being protected by him. Jesus didn't do everything on his own. He prayed to God and still got guidance from God. He couldn't do anything unless God agreed that he should do that. Jesus' purpose was to do the will of God, not to satisfy his own human desires. When he was on the cross, he, said, he prayed to God, 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 why have you forsaken me? He could have actually gotten down off the cross if he wanted to. He was the son of God. But instead, he did what God wanted him to. God wanted him to sacrifice himself for us. So therefore, he did. When we follow Jesus, we should have the same purpose. When we become Christians and we follow God and follow Jesus, we should do the same thing. We should pray to God. God, what do you want me to do today? What would you like me to start doing with my life? You know, when we get extra money or something like that, God, what do you want me to do with this extra money? 
a lot of us would like to save it and tuck it away and, you know, buy nice extravagant things like new Jeeps or, you know, boats or something like that. Instead, pray to God. God, what do you want me to do with this? He might put some kind of charity on your heart or a family that you know that might be going through a hard time or something like that. You know, too, too often we, we start focusing on ourselves and what we want in life instead of what we can do for others to help them come to know God. Titus 1.1, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. In one short statement, Paul gives insight into his reason for living. He had been sent on a special mission. The process of this calling in the lives of believers begins with the proclamation of faith, continues with the knowledge of truth, and then is lived out in godly lives. We confess that we have sinned. We ask God for forgiveness and become saved again. We have faith that he is the true God, the only God, and we continue to follow him. We learn knowledge of truth through reading the Bible. And then we live out our godly lives as representations of Jesus, and we pass on that knowledge to others through our actions and through speaking with them and telling them all about Jesus and God. Paul wanted men and women to be mature in Jesus Christ. This was his ultimate objective by which he evaluated all that he did. Everywhere that he went, everyone that he spoke to, every word that came out of his mouth was to advance the kingdom and to talk about God and to talk about Jesus. In conclusion, we are to reflect on our lives up to this point in time. We are to ask ourselves, have we lived a life driven by God's purpose for us? Or have we lived driven by our own purposes? Depending on our answer, we should also ask God, what can I do to serve you more? What more do you need of me? Or, please help me to change my thinking and actions to serve you and get back on track with your purpose for my life. If we're not living a purpose-driven life, then we need to ask God for guidance and help. Help me get back on track. If we're driving down the road and we make a wrong turn, what do, we, do we just keep going? Hopefully we make it there. Or do we stop and look at a map or you know, put it in our GPS to get us back on track? I know my GPS, when I make a wrong turn, it says redirecting. Maybe we need to start praying and ask God, redirect my life. This should be a ritual that we do each morning and night to stay in line with the purpose that God has given us in our lives. One wrong turn is all it takes to go down the wrong path and end in a really bad place. But with his guidance and our perseverance, we can take the trip together with God to eternal life in the presence of Jesus. Thank you.